All right. Well, welcome, guys, to the Dad's Roundtable. I'm so thrilled that you're here. I was, I'm very excited about this one. I wanted you three specifically around this table. And usually we don't do this, but I want to do introductions first because I think this is important to today's topic. And I want to hit the, 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 uh, the topic or the idea that a dad is to love sacrificially. Mm-hmm. So part of our job responsibility is to provide. So it's to work and provide for the family. It's to set a spiritual tone in the house or a spiritual climate. But it's also to love sacrificially. So we, today we have Demetrius. You're the, the pastor and director at our community center at, at Crossings. Mm-hmm. Uh, just really brief, tell us a little bit about your kids. Sure. Um, so my oldest is Tristan. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 23. And then my next kid is Demi. No, sorry. No, nope. my next kid is Kylie. She's <laughs> 20. And then we have Demi, who's nine. So hers, mine, and ours. So my wife and I were both married before. Uh, so we have uh, a totally blended family in that uh, uh, two of our children are biracial. And so oh, we have wow. a completely yeah. blended family. Yeah. And so, yeah, three of them, 20, 23, and nine. So, yeah. Hers, mine, and ours. Hers, Sorry. mine, and ours, yeah. That's cute. I love that. Yeah. All right, Cole. Actually, this table is for you. Brand new dad. You yeah. got two under two. Mm. Uh, so right now, I'm just impressed that you're upright and carrying on a conversation. We're so. here. <laughs> I'm just here to learn and take some notes from you guys. Now, we've got, yes, two uh Two little girls, a two-year-old and a nine-month-old. So it is a, it's a loud house right now. It's You're in the thick house. of it. I'm in the thick of it. Yeah. But it's, it's awesome at the same time. Wow. It's awesome. <laughs> and Josh, you are a pastor and director of finance, mm-hmm. and you also uh, contribute to our worship team. So tell us a little bit about your kids. Yeah, my wife and I have two little boys uh, that we adopted, Elijah, who's five, and uh, Everett, who's four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and Everett, the youngest. Mm-hmm. You adopted first. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting story, but we've had Everett since birth. Um, got him two days after oh, after wow. he was born, and Elijah came to us when he was four. So he's been with us about a year. Wow. Awesome. So you have a four- and five-year-old, a nine-month- and two-year-old. I have a six- and eight-year-old. So, Demetrius, we're leaning on you. Okay. We've got a, <laughs> Give us some we've got a long yeah. road to go. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to kick it off really, you know, just first, just to throw it out there. You know, and Cole, this might be really fresh for you. Mm. What's the challenge? What was that challenge? So I, I go back to when, when my daughter was born, Tatum. So eight years ago, we're leaving the hospital and we got the car seat in there and I'm putting, I'm strapping this newborn in and I get my wife in, you know, in, in her seat mm. and we're driving home. Uh, my wife wasn't in a car seat. I said that like she was in a car seat. She's short, but she wasn't, right. she, you know, she's, she's getting in the car. We're, we're leaving the hospital. I'm like, you're going to let us leave with this human being. Like, I did not read any of the books that my wife told me to read. Right. And it just a flood of insecurities and anxiety of what is it that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And on this side of it, I look back to those challenges. And so what are some of the challenges that maybe you didn't see coming when you became a dad? Being a dad is awesome. Mm-hmm. But becoming a dad, you know, that really threw in some challenges that I, I wasn't quite ready for. Yeah. So anything that comes to mind for you guys? I think for us, um, I know especially me, no, I was the same way. Katie had books and I skimmed them, didn't really read them. <laughs> she read them. Um, but before you start a family, and we, you know, we went through a process to try to start a family and it was, it was kind of a long deal, ordeal for us, but you almost romanticize the idea that you're starting this family and everything's gonna work out exactly the way you want it. Um, and, it and it does, it works out, um, but it's in God's timing and God's way. And even once it happens, um, 
you, you before it happens, you set these expectations of this is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for me, I'm a planner. I want to kind of see the path in which something's going to play out. Uh, and with both of our boys and, and the different challenges that they um, they have and, and bring, those expectations haven't always been reality. Mm. Uh, and so adjusting our mindset and our perspectives in the moment to understand, okay, this is where I wish you know Everett was developmentally, or this is where I wish Elijah was molding in with our family and stuff. Um, just understanding that it's a process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even if it wasn't an adoption story, mm-hmm. right? If it was just a normal developmental process, understanding where we're at in that, in that process and, and having patience uh, and, and proper perspective. Yeah. I wish going into that, I was reminded of that more. Yeah. To have that perspective, have that, you know, maybe release some of my expectations. Because then, it's like what I tell my wife, you lower your expectations, you will not be disappointed with me. <laughs> You're gonna be really happy, because I'll probably exceed zero, so. Um, but that, that was it for, for yeah. me, yeah. Patience, patience with yourself and patience with your kids. Yeah. Uh, because they're gonna learn and they're gonna develop at a different rate than you did, so yeah. yeah. I think for us, it's the realignment of our priorities and the acknowledgement that there's not time for anything anymore. <laughs> it's like you get home and it's like you, you do your second job, you know, yeah. you get home from one job to another. And that was, it wasn't surprising, but it was like, you don't really know until you know. You don't really, you're not really there until you feel it. Everyone tells you when you're expecting a child how hard it is, which is not very helpful advice. Like, <laughs> I get it, that's not, it's just not helpful. Um, but you really, it's true. And like you get on this side of it and it's just like, wow, the things that used to really matter to me, like a clean house, for mm-hmm. example, mm-hmm. it's not my priority anymore right, right. because yeah. it's impossible. Yeah. So yeah. that was kind of a lesson for me. Yeah. You know, in my situation being, uh, the, what it was, so I grew up without a father. So I didn't have that direct experience of a father, or even a dad, which I think is different. There's a difference between a father who creates a child and a dad who, you know, gives that sacrificial love and connection and understanding to a, to a kid. Um, but um, I was living in Chicago when my uh, oldest daughter, Kylie, was born. I was coming in for Lamont's classes and all that, and I didn't know what I was going to do as a dad and, and, and what that was going to be like as I was living in Chicago and she was here in Oklahoma. But uh, when they took her out and they put her in my arms, I had two immediate thoughts. Wow, this is my kid and I'm moving to Oklahoma. It was done. So I was going to give up the life that I had for myself in Chicago to be here for my kid because I didn't want her to have the life that I experienced without having a, a father, a dad in my life immediately. Um, had some great mentors, my grandfather and some other men who were part of our lives, my uncles and such. But um, I didn't want her to grow up living that life uh, without me being a part of her life. And it was going to be important for me to be able to do that here and not to be thinking selfishly about myself. Then it changed when Tristan came into my life. So now I have a son, which is, which is different from raising a daughter. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, nine years of raising a girl uh, as a single parent, you know, co-parenting with her mom. And it was like, okay, now here's a boy in my life. I get to coach, yes. <laughs> Taught him how to ride a bike and all those great and wonderful things. But my perspective on being a father again changed. And there was a different challenge there because now he had a mom and a biological dad and there's me in the picture. So how do I fit into that? And then there was this third kid who came along nine years ago, Demi, who is in the home with us. So Tristan lived between his mom and dad and us for a while. Then he moved to Arizona. And then there was Kylie who lived between mom and me all of her life. 
um, here in Oklahoma City, and then there's Demi who's in the home with us now. And so that relationship has been completely different from the other two in that every day it's, okay, what do we do? Yeah. There is no breaks. She's not going to somebody else for a vacation. She's here with us. And how do we live that life? How do we, you know, grow her up in, in, in a home that, you know, worships and loves Jesus? And how do we get her to understand that this is the life that we want her to live as well as we're trying to nurture and grow her in, in, in that relationship? So it's been a, you know, it's been a whirlwind, you know, trying to figure out how to do those with three different kids from three different situations. But um, we've been blessed. Yeah. We've, we've really been blessed. And so I, I love my family. Tremendously. Well, for me, the the biggest challenge, the aha moment was I don't have any discipline. (laughs) Like when I had all that time, when when we were, you know, newly married or I had the discipline to go to the gym, I could work out when I wanted to, I could eat healthy, but now I cannot throw a chicken nugget away. Right. I cannot, you know, you know what I mean? Like if it's, if there's food, we're not going to waste it. So I'm just going to eat off of their plate. Uh So my eating habits have gone out the window. My workout schedules, forget it. (laughs) You know, so it's just, it's just ingraining these new disciplines uh, with uh, bringing in and raising children into the house uh, that I can lead them, but I can also have time to take care of myself Mm -hmm. and do it in a, in a healthy way to work out and to, you know, have some of those disciplines that I used to have, mm-hmm. but I'm learning how to, to gain those back. So I'd love to hear from Demetrius and Josh about a Joshua 24 passage, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How have you guys met challenges or new learnings along the way uh, considering that passage? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned a little bit ago, it, it's, it was for me really important that, that our children understood that, that, that you know, we are Christian, we, we love Jesus, and that's the way we're going to live our life. Now, with Demi, you know, that's been her entire life. This has been what her existence has been. With Kylie, it's been the same in that her mom and I, uh, you know, we both are Christian. We both love Jesus. We go to different churches, but she was always immersed in the church. Um, and then with Tristan's a little different. He, uh, when he lived with us, you know, he was with us and we were at church all the time, but now he's in, in Arizona mm-hmm. and he's a grown man now doing his own thing. And so uh, we don't have a lot of or any control over, over how he's living his life there, but we're always encouraging him and the people around him that he loves that, you know, this is uh, really important that you have a relationship with Christ. And so as a young man, you know, we're, we're hoping and praying that he will decide to, you know, continue to walk that walk. We know he believes, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, as he grows and he develops and he's, you know, gets married and starts a family, you know, that he will take that foundation that we've laid for him and apply that to his, his family situation. Yeah. 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 We, we've talked about in other, other episodes about uh, stacking the deck. Mm-hmm. And, and understanding that the more that we can surround them with wisdom and godly counsel, it all didn't, didn't have to just come from dad, but right. it's who we associate with. It's the people that we bring into our home. It's the friends and family members that are speaking life into the kids. Yeah. That really just, it gives them a bigger picture of our church community. Right. So it's good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for my family, especially through the adoption process and stuff, there's a lot of decisions to make. Um, and so for us, and some of them, some of them are hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, something that Katie and I talked a lot about is each individual decision we would isolate and we would make the next right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and as if through prayer, through Bible study, and then just making a decision on um, what was God honoring at that moment in time. Um, there's going to be consequences either way. 
um, that that decision happens. But I mean, even in the adoption process through the, all of that, but even just with the different challenges that each boy brings, um, making decisions that are that are gone honoring that are going to set that child up um, for the future. For, and to, to and to know Jesus. I mean, that's the other thing. And, and Katie's been a, a rock star in our household uh, of, of just making sure that those boys know who Jesus is. And also, um, to make a plug for Crossings, Crossings does a great job as well yeah. um, with Sunday school and, and, and all of that. But um, just, yeah, making sure that our household is honoring God, that we're going to serve the Lord through the decisions that we make and knowing that our boys are going to know Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nicole, you mentioned the other day about making the next right decision, mm. and I, I love that as a as a dad, we can relieve a lot of pressure off of ourselves with a comparison game or whose advice should we take, who, sh- who should we listen to right now yeah. in this stage of parenting. But you made that comment the other day about uh, kind of giving yourself grace of just yeah. doing the next right thing. So could you yeah. expand on that? No, I've just I've been thinking a lot about giving myself grace to father and parent in a way that only I know how to do and how I feel led uh, to do from from the Lord. And I think, I don't know if it's a, a deal because I'm a third child. And when you're a third child, you're always looking to those older, wiser. So you're looking to these other examples. And I felt this freedom, like, and there was nothing wrong with that or nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with, with my upbringing or whatever. I had a great relationship with my father. But um, just the the freedom that comes when you um, just kind of step into it um, yourself, and I think for me an important lesson that was learned is just this freedom that comes when you when you parent your father, you father in a way um, that is authentic to you. Um, and I think sometimes you can look towards those who are older, more ahead of you in years, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes you can try to mirror exactly what they do, and so it's it can be easy to mirror your upbringing and try to do it exactly the same, but my kids are going to be different than the way I was, and they will have different needs, have different, you know, needs, ways of communicating than the way I did. And so I think it can work two ways, whether you've had um, a very positive upbringing, which I would consider my upbringing positive, had a great relationship um, with with both of my parents. But um, if you have a positive upbringing, you can feel this pressure to do the exact same thing in the way you were led and raised. On the flip side, you can, if you have a negative experience, sometimes people go way too far the other way, and, and neither thing is a good thing. So yeah. like, to give yourself grace to step in and, and, like you said, like you both have said, do the next right thing and how you feel led from our Heavenly Father and, and leading your family. Yeah, because so, yeah. as you compare to, to somebody else who might be a great example and giving great advice, but you're different than they are, and your kids are different than their kids. And that was... And your kids are different than you. <laughs> like yeah. that was a big aha moment for me. Was the first few times that I had to uh, bring in discipline, mm-hmm. and what would work? You know, like my dad just had to threaten to raise his voice, yeah. and that was enough for me. Yeah. You know, for the most part, you know, I didn't I didn't get in trouble a lot, but when I did, it it didn't take much, right? right. And my son can just look at me and say, "Oh yeah, prove it." You know, <laughs> like it doesn't work on him. Right? He's a different human being. I'm a different dad than my dad. So. I, I think that's that's some wise input from a, a a young dad here of just saying, give yourself grace to understand that you're not going to do it perfect every time. Mm-hmm. But what works for other families or even what worked for you may not work for this yeah. this other little kid that you mm-hmm. just brought into your home. You know, right. you know, and as I as I think about like again my situation with three kids of varying ages and us being a blended family. 
you know, disciplining was, was kind of tough in that, um, you know, Tristan's my, not my biological son, but he's my son and he has a dad out there. And, you know, what would Pete want me to do in regards to disciplining mm. his son? But then with Kylie and Demi, it's been more of, it was more of um, showing them that I was disappointed in the decision that they made and something that they did or said. Yeah. And it really got to them. And then that was really how we was able to discipline them. And so they knew that, you know, actions or things that they said or did, if that disappointed me or their moms, um, they didn't want to have that disappointment. And they wanted that connection, that love, that tenderness that was always to be there. But when they did those things that um, made us upset, um, mm-hmm. that's what got them. You know, it was yeah. those things and not having to, you know, spank them or anything like that, that corrected a lot of their behaviors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that with our two boys, too. They couldn't be more different on the way they respond to mm-hmm. discipline. Um, Everett, he, he won't listen to mom, and even if mom stands up, he's got to challenge her. But if I stand up and look at him, he could, he's got to turn off and run. Um, sometimes he'll ask for a spanking, too. He's, he's a handful. Uh, Elijah, I think it's, it's twofold. One, he's been in our house a little over a year, so still trying to understand him. But, you know, physical punishment, yes, it, it somewhat works, but his thing is he wants to be involved mm-hmm. with whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. And so if he does something or breaks a rule that he knows um, that he's not supposed to do, removing him from whatever activity he's wanting to do, especially if people are involved, is like, that's detrimental yeah. to him. Like that yeah. really kind of gets his attention. And so figuring out, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different styles to parent. There's a lot of different styles to, to discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can develop a style of yourself, but then even with each child, it's different on, on how they're going to respond and um, and the way they're going to perceive that communication from you. Um, even between two different parents, it's fascinating yeah, how yeah. they. I mean, I have a preferred communication style, and I've been recently made aware of it. There's multiple ways to communicate. <laughs> um, I'm very to the point, direct, and um, as few words as possible. We have one child who will use every word to get to wherever we're going. And, and so it's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to kind of discover that. And, and like I said in the beginning, having patience and figuring out what that looks like, it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's important. On the topic of discipline, you know, we were talking the other day about um, instruction. Like that, that is the ultimate goal is we're instructing these uh, little humans to grow up and be productive, responsible older humans, you know, uh, as, as they're in our house. And so when we're instructing, that includes discipline, but it, it also needs to have a factor of tenderness. Yeah. So discipline plus tenderness is really the instruction that we're looking for. Is there any examples that you guys have had or have seen uh, in, in instructing with discipline? Yeah, um, with, with mine, it was, uh, with Tristan, it was really more of, you know, him not wanting to listen sometimes and having to... Uh, have that conversation saying, you know, we've asked you to do these things or you didn't do this at school. Now we need to have a discussion about what you did and how we, how do we redirect, how do we correct those behaviors, those actions to redirect him and get him in a place where you want and needed him to be. With Kylie, it was really more of, uh, again, you know, something may have happened that we were disappointed in and just sharing that with her. And then she corrected. With Demi, it's been kind of, you know, hey, Kid, we've asked you several times now to do X, Y, or Z, mm-hmm. and you've not done it. So 
we're going to lose some privileges. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you know, lose our, our tablet. We're not going to be able to, you know, do a sleepover at a friend's or those kind of things that she really likes to do in order to help straighten her out. Uh, with her, I learned some techniques from a local organization that, you know, when you're talking to your kids, especially when they're younger, get down on your hands and knees, hold their hands, look them at them eye to eye and have that discussion, have that conversation about, you know, what it is we need to talk about. It makes them feel like you're seeing them from their level and that it's important to them because you're now on their level and mm-hmm. talking with a mind eye. So we did that with Demi quite a bit when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of fallen off the wayside now that she's, you know, older and, and not that it wouldn't help and isn't important, but, you know, sometimes you start routines, you start doing things and, you know, as kids grow and get older and, and you know, they change in their personality. Some of those things that we did when they were younger, we tend to change and not do them anymore. Yeah. But uh, it worked really well when she was younger, just getting on my hands and knees or taking her hands and just having that conversation with her eye to eye to say, hey, I really just need you to see me now. I'm seeing you. I need you to listen. We're having this conversation about whatever these things are. And a lot of times it was just, you know, sharing that I love you. Yeah. It wasn't always, you know, we need to correct the behavior. It's, hey, kid, I love you and you're important to me. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to have a discussion. We're yeah. going to have a talk. We're going to just, you know, be tender. We're going to share love with one another. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. And being consistent with that, I think really goes a long way. That That's something that I really struggled with was being consistent on when to uh, correct or have instruction. Hmm. And then the way that I did that would be different each time. And I think that brings inconsistency and maybe confusion mm-hmm. for my kids because, well, last time you didn't react that way, but this time you are. Right. What's going on? And so for me to be aware, like, all right, just because I'm tired, just because I don't want to have this conversation right now, just because I said so, mm-hmm. you know, I love that line. Right. Uh, that's not helpful for them in the moment when I'm instructing. Right. When there's instruction that needs to take place, I need to be consistent. I can't be overcritical mm-hmm. yeah. and I can't be over strict either. Right. Like the, the punishment needs to, to fit the crime, so to speak. So uh, have you all had any challenges in that? I mean, that, that's, that was a big shift for me to understand how to be a dad in a moment where I need to have offer instruction and criticism, but do it in a consistent way. Yeah. I mean, something that you said too, um, it was a learning experience for me to realize that not every offense needs a consequence. Sometimes it's just a conversation. <laughs> um, for me, it's like, now every action has a consequence and here's the consequence. Don't do it again. And I was afraid that if I wasn't super consistent in the consequence, here's the action, here's the consequence, you know, very legalistic, that we were going to have an issue. Yeah. Um, but that's not necessarily true. Mm. And, and, and having the ability just to maybe redirect instead of, uh, you know, here's the consequence, we're going to have a meltdown, it's going to be a whole scene, we're going to spend half the day upset and all that stuff. Sometimes it's, you know, there's an opportunity just to have a conversation, like you said, getting down their level. Um, Seeing what's going on because they may yeah. be acting that way not out of defiance because of something's actually going on. Right. Um, we kind of I forget a lot that they they are little humans. They all right. they have these emotions. Something may have happened earlier in the day. I mean, I come home angry or irritated because something happened at work or or something like that. But I mean, little brother could have taken their toy and they're in a bad mood now. Yeah. And and so there could be there could be reasons for that. I mean, having those conversations, I think it's it's important. Yeah. Not to say that I, I do that well, but uh, I, do, I do notice that. Mm-hmm. Cole, you said something a minute ago about uh, pulling in the driveway, and then that's when your workday starts. <laughs> so you come home at 530, you know, you pull in the driveway, put it in park. I used to sit for about 30 seconds, yeah, just in the quiet, and then walk in and be like, all right, let's go. You know, like now I'm punching in. Right. Um, 
You know, that's part of sacrificially loving is not really knowing what you're walking into mm-hmm. and being ready for anything. Yeah. And, and, and you, you and I, I think it was you and I talking the other day about rolling around on the floor. Just get, mm-hmm. get the Legos out, play Barbies. Yeah. Just get on the floor and roll around with your kids, even though you don't want to. Right. You know, so can you talk, talk a little bit about that, about just playtime? Yeah, I think that's, you know, vitally important as we develop our relationships with our kids. It's not always about, you know, I need you to be doing this thing and, and you know, driving home a point of, you know, you need to be good, you got to behave and all those kind of things. A lot of times, and I think more than that, we need to be just engaging with our kids in fun and in love and in ways to help them to feel like, you know, this guy's my dad and he absolutely loves me because he will get down on the floor and play Barbie with me or get the Legos out and build some Legos or, you know, sit in color or, or do some wrestling. You know, I, you know, I have two, two, had two girls and, and, you know, playing wrestling, WWE wrestling or whatever, you know, professional wrestling and, and tossing them on the bed was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and, and with Tristan, he was, you know, out of the home already, so I didn't get to wrestle with him in that way, but hey, <laughs> I got two kids here, we wanna play and, Body slamming them on the bed was so much fun. And then they knocked me down on the bed and then they get the three count, one, two, three, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't always me having to win, mm-hmm. even though I make them earn every win. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, those things are important for our kids to understand that it's, our lives are not always about all the adult things that we have to yeah. do. They're so important to us. That's why they're part of our lives in that um, we need to get down on our hands and knees and be able to play with them in a way that makes them feel comfortable yeah. and connected and loved. And so, yeah, it's, it's, that was an easy thing for me to do that. And, you know, and one of the things that, you know, we were talking about the other day, too, was, you know, as we look at being dads and, you know, this thought of, of sacrificial love, you know, we, we have to make sure that our kids understand that that's super important to us, mm-hmm. that we as men— you know, we go to work, we, we, we uh, you know, try to be, call ourselves the breadwinners or what have you. But when we, you know, think about them, when we connect with them, it's because everything else that we've done is important, but they are super important to us. Mm-hmm. God, wife, kids, right? Mm-hmm. Vertical alignment. And so we sacrifice, you know, being at work all the time, you know, sometimes to, to provide a good family uh, setup for us. But we also sacrifice many things to be there for them, to go to those sporting events, to uh, be there for um, birthday parties and all those kind of things because we love them without any pause. They're so important to us, so we do that. Um, one of the things that you know we were talking about the other day is you know just walking down the street, you know, in, in the parking lot at the grocery store. You know, it's dad to the outside, closest to where a car might be coming, mom and kids, you know, so we're trying to protect them. We're, we will sacrifice ourselves, our everything, to take care of our family, to take mm-hmm. care of our wife and our kids. And so, you know, it's just, you know, I, I think it's important for our kids to know that they matter that much to us, that we will sacrifice whatever it is yeah. to love and protect them. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say, um, you don't really know how selfish you are until you have kids, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I heard that and I like received that. And I was like, that's whatever, that's great. <laughs> but then you live into it and it's like, wow, it's like you have to just put on this like selfless spirit about you. Yeah. And no matter how many times I wanna, um, you know, circle the block a couple more times before I go in like you. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell Carly I said that. <laughs> um, but like, you just have to like step into step into this spirit of selflessness. And I think a scripture that's um, just been really helpful to me um, through this season is just 
Philippians 2. It's one of my favorites. It's just, it's our attitude of worship, but I think it, it goes perfect with our relationships um, with our kids, but also our spouses. Um, it says, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So when you step into your house at the end of a long day, it's like, all I want is just some time like to myself, but that is out the door in this season. But I know it's just a season and stepping in um, to the house with, with that posture of humility is, is just the best case scenario for everyone, for your kids, for your spouse. Because if you don't step in with humility, there's gonna yeah. be a lot of that. And so um, that's been something that has helped me realign um, in those moments where I just, I wanna be selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Courtney will, I'll, I'll come home and she'll say, you have got to wrestle your son. <laughs> and, like, I, and I just wanna shut down. I wanna yeah. wind down for the day. And she's like, please wrestle your son. He's got some energy he needs to burn. Uh, but, but there is actually some really cool studies that show an impact of physical, mental, and emotional impact that it has on a young kid when you're rolling around with the floor with them. You're doing the WWE you know, slam on the bed. And for little boys and little girls, of interacting with them in that kind of roughhousing way yeah. has big impacts mm-hmm. for mental, emotional, and physical you know, development. Uh, it, this one time, this one time, I'm wrestling my son, and he's uh, getting amped up. He, he's he's pushing my buttons. He, he's seeing how far he can go, and he just starts swinging. And he, and so I got to tone him down a little bit. I start messing with him. I put him kind of take him down, and we're wrestling around a little bit. And then he pops up, and he's just about to start crying. And he's got his his fists are mm-hmm. clenched, and he's ready to start wailing. And I say, All right, we're done. You push, my, you push the boundary. You've, right. you've gone too far. Yeah. And so this study actually showed that in those moments, he's learning, oh, I hit a, phys- I hit a boundary. Right. I need to learn how to control my emotions now. Mm-hmm. And so just this little wrestling interaction that I thought was just him burning off energy is, actually has far more impact than what I realized. Right. And I experienced that with him is that he can now manage those emotions a little bit when he gets upset or frustrated he knows when he's gone too far. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with sister, you know, when, when she wants to jump in and throw a pillow around, uh, she knows how to interact and when not to interact mm-hmm. in a physical way. And I, right. you know, throw her a little bit softer than I throw him. Right. And I may miss the bed when I throw him, right. but you know, she's like, <laughs> but, but she knows how to interact, you yeah. know, in those ways. And so there's some really cool research out there about when we're rolling around on the ground with them, playing Legos or Barbies or wrestling, mm-hmm. there's some emotional, physical, and mental uh, development going on. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. So, yeah. so to clock in when you get home, you never know what you're going to walk into. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a wrestling match for right. me. So. <laughs> you know, it, it, it reminds me of a conversation we were having about, um, you know, when we get married, right, it is that couple, there's the two of us who become one. But then we introduce a child into the situation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether it be through marriage, uh, through, you know, uh, adoption, through uh, a stepchild coming in, who we were as that couple now has changed because the dynamics of that coupleship has Mm -hmm. been altered. And so we have to make sure that we, you know, think about ourselves and how um, we handled ourselves as a couple, but now we introduce this child and, and how we then react and, and connect with our, our spouses as well. Because we have to, I think we have to relearn 
who this person is now because now you were my wife and now you're wife and mom. Yeah. And the same for us is, you know, I was husband and now I'm husband and dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there's this third party in mm-hmm. here as well. And so we have to think about those things and make sure that we um, take all that into consideration as we're, you know, have a house full of girls. Mm-hmm. I was there, buddy. I, no. I, know, I know that. <laughs> or a house full of boys. Yeah. Or, you yeah. know, how that all changes. And, and again, how we look at the dynamics of each child too. Mm-hmm. And then how we continue to love our wives. Yeah. But understand that, you know, things are different now in yeah. the setup of our home. And so we have to, you know, make those adjustments to uh, gracefully um, see how we need to move forward and live our lives in that. You know, we, we you know, important, you know, caveat to date nights, right? Mm. Let us get back to just being us. We send the kids off to grandma, grandpa, or hire a sitter. But we need to make sure the importance of that as well so that we can get back into the parenting situation and be healthy and happy and loving and be able to give all energy to that as well. Love that. Mm -hmm. It's good. good. Yeah, I think grace for your spouse is is really important. Back to that original question you said about what did you wish you knew. Like having a child produces a whole new set of stressors that no one's experienced. Right. And, and so individually, you don't know what that looks like. And then also for your marriage, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't know, yeah. you know what that's going to look like. How do you respond as a unit? Um, yeah. And so having a, uh, an extra dose of grace mm-hmm. available um, for that, I think is important. Yeah, that's good. And always striving to be on the same page. So clarifying questions, um, uh, follow-up questions, or just even pregame like, all right, if this happens, how are we going to handle it? Just so you're on the same page. And and I love how you re- rephrase that. You have to relearn each other mm-hmm. because it's not a different human being that came home with you, but it is it is a different arrangement. Right. And so there's, yeah, mom is trying to learn how to be a mom. Dad's trying to learn how to be a dad and to have patience with each other and have peace in the house and have and grace you got to figure out how to even be a couple then, with this yeah. newborn that's just yeah. like irritating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Requiring, yeah, time and energy. Way more needy. Real needy. Right. (laughs) Well, I love that. Well, you know, we end most of these uh, chats at the Dad's Roundtable with some scripture of Paul and his wisdom. And I think today's episode is a perfect verse to end on would be Ephesians 6, 4. And the Amplified Version actually gives a little commentary in there. And I like that it kind of builds up a little bit what he's saying in in chapter 6. He says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Do not irritate them to the point of resentment or unreasonable demands that are humiliating or abusive, or show favoritism or indifference to any of them, but bring them up tenderly in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So I pray we can do that this next year. I pray that we can learn what it means to be an earthly dad and reflect our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. I love it. Great. Thank you.